I always hate I I always hate the pre-show conversation when there's not like a clear intro. So now I'm forcing this as the intro because I I don't want to like put your you know vacation on blast or whatever. On some level, I guess we can't always be funny, right? Yeah, uh, I mean sometimes it's it's the week between Christmas and New Year's, so like we're I think everybody's like phoning it in across the board. So, <laughs> well, hopefully that's not what we're about to do for the next hour. Yeah. Welcome, everyone, to the CavsCorner.com, podcast, CavsCorner.com, the source for new sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin States in the West End of Richmond, where it is Thursday, December the 28th, the final Thursday of 2023 is upon us. 2024 is right around the corner, and we thought for this last uh, episode of the of the of the year we would look back at the year that was and kind of talk a little bit about sort of the the state of the programs so to speak in terms of football and basketball um ironically enough basically all of the other programs at uva are in are in great shape um so it's 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 not necessarily always like that for um a lot of different um schools and such before we get started let's go around and introduce everybody for tonight everybody is one justin ferber editor-in-chief over in Charlottesville. How's it going, my dude? Pretty good. Uh, you mentioned all the programs are in good shape. Uh, when I left on my vacation last week, as I was like flying away, it was like Florida State's doing some stuff. And I was like, oh, no, what's the podcast going to be next week? Who knows? <laughs> um, but it seems like everybody kind of just forgot that that happened since. Everybody so. went back to their corner. <laughs> Everybody's like, anyway, yeah, that was like the ultimate news dump day, Friday before a Christmas weekend. I don't think, you know, it gets more news dumpy than that, right? But. Yeah. At Justin underscore for on Twitter. Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore corner. Great place for the in-game updates, the content items, and the occasional witty banter. Dave is on assignment this evening, had a uh, scheduling conflict of sorts, and was not able to be with us, though he will return in 2024. I just described him like he was an Avenger. Um, Dave will return in the next Avengers movie. Anyway, um, let's, what do you want? Which, which, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with hoops? Do you want to start with football? What's your, what's your pleasure? Let's do basketball first. All right. So Tony Bennett and the the Cavaliers looking to start their ACC road slate um, here this weekend, heading up to Notre Dame. We will have a preview for the website as you listen to this later in the day. Um, Not exactly a, um, I don't want that. This sounds mean. Uh, Not exactly a daunting, First few games, and honestly, the ACC is probably going to be like extremely top heavy um, in terms of sort of where the league goes. Notre Dame currently two hundred twenty fourth in Ken Palm. They get Louisville midweek next week. Uh, that's they're one eighty eight. How there's one hundred and eighty seven teams better than Louisville, I'm not real sure. Then they get to go to NC State next weekend. Lord willing, the creek don't rise. I'll be in PNC to see that one um, go down. Uh, then they get to go to Wake Forest the following Saturday. Um, so really, yeah, their they biggest, get a little bye week in there. 
Yeah, their biggest test is not until the middle of January when they uh, get Virginia Tech at home, and even that's you know a, you know Tech right now, 49th in Ken Palm. Um, but overall, I feel like I mean, NC State on the road's a little tricky, at least. It can be because PNC has a has a way of sort of they're being not a little terrible. bit outlandish. Yeah. Um, it's a very weird. I tried to explain this to my family this weekend. Like PNC is probably the one place I've gone where I like. At some point in there, I genuinely had a little bit of a worry for my my safety, and I don't mean that to sound dramatic. I just mean that, like, you know how sometimes you can be around really loud noises and not be, it doesn't bother you, right? PNC just has an energy to it sometimes. Like, um, like that place just feels different. Like, the vibe is is weird. And so, like, when they're really rowdy uh, and they're re- really riding refs and, you know, the game is tight and stuff, it's just got a very... Um, it, the, and you got the, the students right on the court. Like, yeah, it's it, it's not so much that the um and it's a, I mean that place is pretty big too. It's a it's a big place. Yeah. Um, it's not so much that like I was like thinking that like the the state fans were gonna kill me or anything. I'm just saying like the way the noise sounded and the way the building felt around you just made you sort of like weird. For the record, PNC nineteen thousand seven hundred is eighth largest in D one. Um, to put that in context, JPJ is at 14,623 is 37th. Um, anyway, so at this point, you know, we all know what happened for Virginia basketball last March. Cavaliers were, I mean, they didn't exactly have a great end of the season with the loss to Boston college and the loss to Carolina. They beat Clemson and Louisville to wrap things up Had a nice little run in the ACC tournament, but got really kind of outclassed in the championship game and obviously lost to Furman on what was a just really tough way for Kihei Clark's career to end. Um, on the recruiting side, though, they've done a nice job of kind of resetting the table a little bit and have gone, I think, into the last two classes with a little bit of momentum. And they, you know, overall have done pretty nice in the in the transfer portal. Um, you know, they have w- – w- there's still some TBDs out there right now. Um, I think the roadie get was impressive and important. Um, you know, at the time, Jordan Minor felt like a really big get, but obviously – that has not necessarily panned out the way most folks, especially those um, you know tied to the to the program, would have liked to have seen it go down. Let's start with a kind of a general overarching big picture sort of view. Uh, I, I would say that the state of Virginia's basketball program is really good. Um, I think Tony Bennett has done a nice job of um, kind of re I don't want to say recentering. That's not the right frame. Of done a nice job in the NIL. Contrary to what Jim Beheim thinks, um, I think Tony has done a nice job of figuring uh, himself out in terms of what this, what what his program looks like in this sort of new world order. Um, obviously, there's a lot of youth on this team. There's a lot of potential down the road for them, whether that's this season or beyond. Um, and they've they've got some really nice recruits coming in um, overall, right? Um, the Gertrude kid looks like he's going to be a player. Um, which is always a good sign. I think Buchanan, once you get a little bit of muscle mass on him, he looks like he could be a really nice get for him. Um, I just think overall it's in a really good spot. How would you sort of dis- the how would you kind of describe the overarching sort of big picture view? Yeah, I think the overall big picture view is still quite good. I think um, it's easy to kind of get impatient when they haven't been as dominant as they were, you know, four or five years ago. Um, and and then you start to wonder like when are they gonna get back there? But I think like you can kind of see a um a bit of a foundation being laid this year. And I still think that they have potential to be, you know, quite good this year in ACC play and and you know, maybe they can make some noise in March, despite having two kind of 
lopsided losses against good teams. Um, both of those, I mean, we all, we know that both of those performances were bad performances. It's not like that's right. you know UVA's best, <laughs> um, you know, yeah. or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think like if you look at the roster makeup and 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 maybe I'm thinking about it because the announcers have really hammered it home in the last few games, but this team isn't very old. Um, yeah, they're real. And that's one of the things like until they start, and I'm, you know, anybody who pays attention to me, um, either on the site or on like Twitter or whatever, I am very down on announcers in general. Like I just don't, I don't, I don't suffer fools. Well, I don't deal with like this, like, a lot of stuff I hear. I'm just like, come on, man. But you're right. Like that's something I didn't necessarily take into account until they started kind of really hammering especially especially when you, they played Memphis because Memphis is like one of the oldest teams in the country. Even though all those dudes are transfers, they're all old. Right. Um, right. And at some point, and we've seen UVA a lot on the other side of this because right. they don't do the one and done thing. Right. And because guys weren't leaving, you know, they were the it was 23 year olds against 19 year olds and it looked like it, you know, um, UVA is kind of in the middle right now. I wouldn't say they look like a, a young team all the time. They certainly have in a couple of games. Um, but I feel pretty good, and I don't want to jinx anything, and I don't know anything necessarily, but I feel pretty good about like the um, this group being here for a while. Like not, I mean, obviously you'll lose Reese after this year, and, and there will probably be some other departures. I, I think Groves is gone, right? Um, yeah, I think minor. that's right. But I mean, for the most part, I think this core of guys, there's a chance that like they're going to play together for several years. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. you add to that the guys that they've com- ga- they have committed. Um, and I think you've got something. Um, obviously, we'll see what happens with Ryan Dunn. But I think the overall like long term health of the program is still in a good place. You just kind of want to see them find a way to get back to right now. I mean, their defense is fine. Uh, I mean, they had some some iffy games. There's two losses, but. Um, I really like to see the offense kind of get back to where it was. I mean, I don't know if you're always going to be able to, th- that, you know, that 2019 team had extreme talent on it for UVA for how UVA recruits. Um, I don't know if you're going to be able to get it back to like first in the nation offensive efficiency, but to be good in March, you're probably going to need to be at least in the top like 50 and they're just not quite there yet. So, yeah. Kind of a wait and see in the short term and then more like optimistic in the over the next few years that they're going to like, I I think the the outlook for next year should be positive. Yeah. Um, In the 2023 recruiting class, Bennett brought in Gertrude and Buchanan also brought bliss and Robinson in early right now. I think Robinson's a really intriguing addition in part because of his size, but also, you know, sort of where he already is. The idea to retrot him, you can see while Blake plays why, you know, it make it, it, it's very clear when you're watching Buchanan live, oh, that's why they redshirt some guys sometimes. And I'm not saying that in the sense of like, oh, should UVA have redshirted him? Obviously not. Like, they needed him, and they still do. But his his inability to sort of get us hold his position, um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, not just a, a physical piece of this that comes into play with a, you know, that year to soak, but there's also the piece of it in terms of understanding how to use your body. And, you know, Robinson, I think, is going to be really interesting because of the various sort of ways his skill sets overlap. He feels like a guy who will give them some real, like a Keel Mitchell um, contributions. Now, you're kind of already seeing a little bit of that from Ryan Dunn. And in some ways, he, he Dunn feels like a, 
uh, a more elastic, but not necessarily as um, maybe not as as good in terms of his instinctual um, stuff. Right? Uh, he feels like a, like an interesting um, comp to to Akil. I will say though that I think Dunn's overall offensive issues, and we'll get to the back to this in a second. But I think his offensive issues are you can't let them be a net negative. And, and we've certainly seen the difference when, when he's not creating chaos, Virginia is a very different team, but in terms of the 2023 class, it's a really good group. And they follow that up with some early signees in 2024, Sharma kid, um, Jacob coffee, like two, you know, guys with length, um, you know, really interested to see how both of those guys pan out. Um, I think if you told me right now that they're going to get Chance Mallory in 2025, I would probably be even higher, not just in terms of their outlook, but in terms of, because like that seems like a guy like narratively that they really need to figure out a way to get right. Um, historically speaking, Virginia has not necessarily been as apt to recruit the local, you know, Hey, I wonder if he's going to end up at UVA kind of kid. Right. Most of those cases have not, it's not because UVA didn't necessarily want them. It's more like because UVA didn't necessarily get to a place where they wanted them early enough for it to matter. Um, and in some instances, I think, you know, some kids understanding the sort of bigger picture, maybe it was a right fit for them to go someplace else. Da, 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 da. Having said that, I think Mallory is the kind of kid Virginia has clearly won with. And his overall, like the size comparison with Kihei, you you can't you can't get away from that, right? But their games are very. He's much more like a Chris likes than he is Kihei, right? And a really athletic um, kid who can who can shoot it well, can score the ball. Um, he brings a lot of different stuff to the table, and he happens to be a really good point guard. Uh, his size. I mean, if he was several inches taller, he'd be a two probably, right? He'd be a guy who is you know you're clearing stuff out and letting him just go to the rim. Um, I think if they if they're able to figure out a way to get him that that really does um, it, it, I would say it changes things even I mean like I'm already it's not like I'm down on them obviously I'm, I'm I'm really excited about the future but that would be a, a real big feather in the cap especially narratively now in terms of this team I I think what you the way you described it is 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 exactly the way I would kind of like they have a lot of potential left in them and you can kind of see it and also at the same time you, you understand that like when Dunn is not creating that chaos. When he's not giving generating those extra possessions, and he's not able to score on the other end, it, it and and people are able to satellite off of him, it creates a real tough dynamic, I think, for Tony and company. Because on the one hand, you can't not be who you want to be and who you should be, and what is your best bet defensively, which is to have you know Beekman and Dunn out there doing their stuff. But at the same token, there are some instances at times where it's four on five. Um, on the other end of the floor and teams are sort of just letting done do whatever he wants to do outside, you know, elbow extended. Right. And then if he gets close, well, they just sort of pack it in a little bit. And what that's doing is it's creating issues for spacing. It's clogging up a lot of, um, I think the kind of, um, the motion UVA wants to run the, the action. Um, and it, and it, and it kind of gums up the works a little bit. Um, now what helps that is when McNeely or Rody or Groves, are hitting from deep, even to some extent in Beekman. Um, I think that's why Gertrude is such an interesting fit for them because he can actually take them off the bounce a little bit. His athleticism 
is is pl- is a plus, and I don't mean that just in terms of being being a positive, but it's also he's an A plus athlete, right? Um, we're talking about a program in UVA who very likely could have a lottery pick, and you could argue next year. This sounds dumb, but you could argue that like offensively they're actually going to be better without him, which is a really weird thing to say about a guy who could potentially be a lottery pick. Um, you know, obviously Beekman is such the heart and soul of this team. And it's, I mean, I don't know about everybody else, but it's been really fun for me to watch them this season and just watching him just go out and be his full fledged self, you know, again, no shade at Kihei or anything like that. But we always talked about over the years, like it, if it really made sense to play him together as much as Tony did, you know, results proved, I think ultimately that he was, you know, generally right about that. Um, though I think, Myself included, there are a lot of folks who would have liked to have seen more of kind of Reese, um, you know, running by himself. But you know, watching him this season, he's been a real delight, man. Um, he has at times just really put the team on his back. He's 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 been solid between his assist to turnover ratio. Um, I, I think he's doing a, a nice job of kind of picking his spots of when to push and when to score. Um, what do you want to see out of Reese specifically the rest of the way? Because to me, I feel like, you know, it's very cliche to say, oh, he's the, you know, the straw that stirs the drink. But I really feel like he's the guy who 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 just kind of they have to have the superhero contributions from like they can't he can't be ho-hum. Right. They can have an off night for McNeely or Groves or Rhodey, but they can't have an off night for Beekman because if if Beekman's not playing well, the whole the whole thing is up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think he's the one guy that's kind of proven specifically thinking about the two losses, but I'm sure it's true in some of the wins too. He like, he can go get a bucket when other guys aren't doing it. Um, and you know, it's like, he realizes like, Oh, I need to be more assertive and like call my own number, so to speak. And I think that's probably what I want to see more from him is just do that more. Um, and you know, his shooting has been kind of up and down throughout his career. And this year, um, Brendan Armstrong just threw a game ceiling interception, by the way, in his last collegiate game. I have some thoughts on um, on, on that in the football section. But go ahead. But uh, yeah, anyway, um, you know, like uh, I think with Reese, it's like you know he's always going to be somebody that's going to be looking to get other people involved. I mean, that's a strength of his game. But um, you know, at the same time, I think like. We've long talked about like UVA needs a guy, especially when things get a little sticky and like it's almost like nobody wants to shoot. Um, and I don't think that's been as big of a problem this year. Um, but it's still nice to have a guy like Reese that can take guys off the bounce and yeah, just go get you a bucket. You know? Yeah, and I, I just feel like he's probably the only guy that's like I really trust to do that when you really need. Like if there was like a last possession, I, that would probably be my primary objective would be to try to get him the ball yeah and i mean I, I we would, saw that i would let him do yeah i would let him outside of you know every once in a while he'll like try to you know drop a pass off or you know f- um sort of um try to you fit one in where he probably shouldn't but overall i trust his you know either he can go get you a bucket or he's going to create enough and get it to a guy who can um you know, but yeah, he's the guy I want with the ball in his hand late in the clock, late in the game. Um, I also feel like because he is so like he has such a good feel for who he is and who he's not. And I think that more than anything else, more than anything else, and I probably even including the pack line, 
that to me is quintessential Tony Bennett, right? I feel like Tony's best teams have been full of dudes who knew exactly who they were and who were not just good playing that role, but thrived in it because it was exactly who they were. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. guys were not out there. Um, and that was probably my one of my biggest beasts with the Kihei era was sometimes late in the clock, you need your point guard to clear. They just need to clear out and go, right? Because of his his height or lack of height and his skill set, like he was not a guy who was going to like get to the rim uh, in in that kind of situation. And there were too many times, especially in the middle part of his career, where he sort of just drove without any real idea what he wanted to do. Um, and then he's just sort of throwing something up there. And a lot of times, you know, it didn't work out well for him. But the best Tony teams, the best teams that Virginia has had, including the championship team, like those dudes knew who they were. They knew unequivocally, this is my role. And so if you think about that that championship team and who they were and who they were not, right? Like Mamadi Diakite shot 17 threes that whole season, right? He wasn't trying to go out there and be anybody he wasn't, right? Um, you know, Braxton Key, I thought, did a really nice job of fit, fitting his role. When Jack Salt was in, he fit his role. Ty and Kyle and Dre understood times to be different parts of themselves. The The better Tony teams have historically done a nice job of sort of understanding, hey, this is this is what I'm supposed to be and, and fitting into that. And I feel like with this team, you can kind of see that in some way starting to gel a little bit. You can kind of see... Especially, especially the times when Bond is on the floor, I feel like Bond is a, is a, is he's very clear about who he, who he's not. Right, he's not going to be squaring up for a bunch of threes. Right, he's not screaming off of a screen coming, coming around the turn, catch and shoot. Right, um, I think McNeely is a guy who we've seen enough of to know he needs more volume. I think Groves is a guy who really does a nice job of stretching the defense. And I think, you know, to some extent, I think if Dunn can score. Hell, if he could score 50% of the bunnies he gets, you know. Um, ultimately, I feel like this group has a lot of potential in terms, especially because I think that the roles are kind of creating themselves. You know, Gertrude, Buchanan, um, those guys, I think, really make a, a lot of sense for them in terms of different matchups and certainly in terms of, you know, whether there's foul trouble or, you know, guys sprained ankle or what have you. I was a little bit, I don't want to say concerned. I was a little bit curious as to how many minutes Team Murray got because I don't know if I don't know if I'm in a position where I, I I would say he shouldn't play at all. But there there definitely are times where I'm thinking like they would be almost better off if whatever minutes he's getting were being invested in somebody else. Now that I don't mean that to sound harsh. I just mean in terms of trying to get this team to be sort of as good as it can be. I don't know what happens with Jordan Minor at this point. Um, and if there's anything that makes me think that, you know, to ding them, the, to the program and as a whole in terms of like the state, you know, we're talking about the kind of bigger picture state of the program. The miss on Minor seems to be the thing that sticks out of my mind the most because he was a guy that, you know, they kind of needed to hit. And they not only did they not hit, it seems like a real miss. Now, you know, maybe this weekend in Notre Dame, he, he puts it together and, and next thing you know, he's – He's figured out where that role is, and Tony can put him on the floor more. But a lot of times, I feel like he's he's really in a position where he just he never looks comfortable. Um, and for that kid, given what he's you know, I'm sure he had big dreams when he chose UVA, and and, and I hope for his sake that he's able to sort of figure that piece out. Um, 
but the future looks bright. You know, you think about the guys they've got, the guys that they've got coming in. Um, you know, that's not to say that you won't have a transfer from this team. I'm really curious to see what happens with Dante Harris. He's mixed. He's missed six games now with that, um, that, uh, sprained ankle. Um, and he's not, I, I don't believe at this point he's dressed yet. So it seems like he's probably not close. And if that's the case, I wonder, you know, structurally, like what kind of damage might be done, um, to that ankle, you know, what are the, what's the likelihood of, you know, he, cause once he comes back, he, you know, it's going to take a while before he's really kind of in the thick of it. Cause it's, it's not like he's, you know, he's not able to run, right. He's not, you know, he's good. It would take a while for playing shape. And now, well, um, now you also have, I mean, since he left the lineup, Gertrude has yeah. started playing and he looks so that, the part. So that could definitely shift the dynamics, if yeah. not, you know, or at least like the minutes are going to have to be divvied up differently. Yeah. Yeah. I also want to note real quick that it's, you know, they, they added obviously some, um, the NCAA allowed for folks to, to hire a couple of more full-time assistants and, um, it, it will never, <laughs> maybe never is not the right word. Um, it's going to take some while. I take a while for me to get used to seeing, you know, um, Zay and, and Johnny as, you know, full on assistant coaches, mainly because it just makes me feel old. Um, but their energy has been real apparent on the sideline, man. Like it's been, I mean, not to say that they weren't like kind of in that same sort of mindset when they were um, support staff, but like seeing them as assistant coaches, I mean, they really do. Um, they really bring a lot of energy and on the recruiting side, I think they're, um, you know, they're big pieces of the puzzle as, as is Ron Sanchez and having him back that, that to me, it's, it's taken a little bit of, of some time to get used to seeing him back on the bench. But uh, overall, I mean, you, you got to like to where the staff is. You got to like sort of where things are for the program. And, um, you know, really the future is, like I said, it's pretty bright. Um, I know that Bayham had some comments recently about, you know, Tony's basically cooked or whatever he said. And you know what? Maybe in the end, Tony will get frustrated with the whole, you know, NIL and transfer portal of it all. But ultimately, you know, I think his, you know, his mindset of doubling down on, on what he thinks he, you know, his program can do and really leaning into that has been a positive for him. Um, well, let's, let's just stop right there. Um, Jim Beheim, his comments were basically for those that didn't see it, like NIL, Tony isn't like, you know, in that world and this is going to come back to haunt them. And, it's going to like kind of be the beginning of the end. And it's like, okay, cool. So I guess he's saying that from the perspective of a coach that was more interested in, in like getting involved with NIL when he was at Syracuse. So uh, maybe we should just look at the results of those games and, uh, and see who won them uh, or just any UVA Syracuse results. Because like, I mean, he's entitled to his opinion, but you know, is he though? No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, I mean, he, he can, you know, he can just keep like, I think it's not a one-to-one, but like, you know, look at what Syracuse put out on the court a few, like a few weeks ago in Charlottesville. They were a joke, like basically. Um, and that's a lot of the dudes that he brought there. So congratulations. You've, you've left quite the legacy. You've left <laughs> Syracuse. Syracuse has never been better. Never, le- never been left in a better position in this modern um, era of college basketball. Yeah, no, yeah, um, but yeah. Overall, it's I, you know I feel like things are in a good spot, and I'm really excited to see sort of what's ahead for them. Any other closing thoughts on the basketball side of things? Uh, yeah, they need to win a game in the tournament. 
Yeah. Um, oh, that's a good point. I would. Agree I mean, I with think. That. I think at some point, you, you, like enough's enough, and I think that's where if you just do that, a lot of the frustration that people have, warranted or not, will go away, and you can't keep having this happen. Like you, like, and obviously, like, you can't just make it happen either. It's not like a will thing, but you got to close out some games as a favorite. Um, yeah. The Furman thing. I mean, they had that game, and you know, obviously, like kind of a disaster at the end um but it's it's a results-based business you know if the dude for Furman misses the shot we probably yeah. wouldn't be talking about that game you know yeah. um but you got to go win it and and I thought that it was nice to see them get on a little bit of a run in Greensboro last year um yeah, it was good which is funny some because momentum into the off to the tournament yeah, but then they didn't say. do anything with it yeah they had they they had that momentum um and I you know and I don't want to gloss over too like you know for folks you know there have been some transfers out. Obviously, and Vanderplas got hurt last year. Yeah, too. and that's true. Yeah, um, Shedrick uh, transfers out, and he was a kid with, you know, who had kind of really kind of come on uh, in the postseason. Um, I haven't given Texas a look lately, but I'm sure that he's um, doing fine down there. Um, I, and I'll never, you know, I'll never begrudge these kids who who transfer out and want to. Um, you know, go someplace where they feel like they can, um, you know, have a good career. Um, you know, I'm never going to, um, you know, um, be mad at them for that. I, I, I do get a little tired of fans who, who kind of can't let the past go a little bit, you know, which we'll get to on the football side of things. But yeah, I mean um, like every team is like the same team basically that, well, not the same team, but a lot of the same players that lost to UNBC won the national championship. Yeah. So like, exactly. And we've talked about that a lot. So, I mean, like, them losing to Furman doesn't affect this season. But it it's another thing you can point to if they do it again. You can be like, well, now they've done it four times or whatever, you know. And yeah. it's just been, I mean, it's it's not completely in their control. Um, right. But it's also, I mean, like, four seeds aren't supposed to lose the 13s. Like, you know, you're yeah. supposed to win. Um, and... They also missed the tournament once, which counts, you know. Yeah, and that's fair. So it's gonna. I mean, if they go out and win their tournament game this year, assuming that they make it, which I, I'm assuming that they're gonna make it, um, you know, that it would be their first win in five years in the tournament. So yeah, and obviously like there were there was COVID and all that stuff, but like you know, it's still five calendar years since UVA yeah. fans have seen them win a tournament game. And 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 the and and ultimately, like the this is gonna sound weird, but like the the longer that that streak of not winning one goes the more people are going to start to wonder like again like we're going to be back in the same right, exactly in some ways exactly we're already we're the one thing i will say is like it's a little different than it used to be because it's much more muted like you don't have people writing columns and stuff about it anymore right people are just kind of like oh uva lost in the first round again like they haven't won since 2019 that's you know yeah it's now it happens because they play like slow a, and then and everybody moves on to whatever happened the next exactly. Game. It's more discussed like almost in like a heartbreak, like oh they did it again sort of way. But no, I yeah. think that the the longer this thing goes, where they don't win one in the tournament, the more talked about twenty nineteen. It's going to get be. ramped. People are going to be like, huh? No, I like, get it. I get it. It's a results based business, as you said earlier. But no, I I think that's a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Like, you know, this year one, if not two games in the tournament. Um, you know, I mean, I I, I understand. That for a lot of folks, they just think like, oh, you can pick the final four teams without knowing the bracket. But I do think that like you got to figure out a way to get a couple wins. Um, you know, I'm not saying you got to go to the final four again or whatever, but like just figuring that out, that piece of it, putting that, you know, will help the narrative 
you know, substantially. Yeah, because I think, I mean, you mentioned 2018. I think, like, and I'm not making this case, but people will make it. Um, like, I think if they continue to do what they've been doing in the tournament, which, you know, we know that's not the whole thing, but, like, that's what people, know, like, remember and care about. And there's, like, way more people paying attention to that than what's happening now. Um, the more, if they do, if they keep losing in the first round or, like, not making it at all, then you're going to get into a situation where people are going to start to be like, oh, well, 2019 was just a fluky thing. Like, you know, they, they got really hot in the tournament and won a bunch of games, you know, late with some crazy things that happened, like very, very unlikely things. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, we all know that that's, you know, it's, that's not really fair because they, they were the one of, they were a one seed, <laughs> you know, it's not like they were, you know, bad or something like that and got really lucky. Um, but, you know, I think the further you get away from it, the more it looks like a one-off to people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You basically, you had, you had, um, couple you know you had three pros on the team and this you know you were able to do you become that. maryland i mean maryland it was like good like for like a couple of years before they won the, t- the title then they won it and then they really didn't do anything after that i mean yeah. they were good but like they have they've been they haven't been anywhere near a final four since unless i'm forgetting something yeah um you know so it's kind of like you know i'd rather be like yukon <laughs> than like maryland <laughs> um, but for know, sure it's hard that's very hard to do so. well i guess we will wait and see um what they do this year but overall state of the state of the program pretty good pretty pretty good as long as tony bennett's is the head coach and you know things are operating the way that they should then i'm not going to be like they're in a bad position <laughs> unless they start losing a ton of games you know yeah so. Homefield Apparel is back with brand new options for the Wahoos and so much more this year. With college basketball season ramping up, there has never been a better time to gear up with officially licensed apparel from Homefield. First-time customers can get 15% off their first order using the code CAVS23 at checkout. Homefield has comfortable, thoughtful selections not just for UVA fans, but for more than 180 schools across the country. So this will make a great gift option no matter who you pull for. Homefield's plan is simple. Dig through the archives and history of the schools to find unique logos, mascots, traditions, and moments to make thoughtful designs for your favorite school. I love what they've got from the older UVA logos and such, and the quality of the stuff I've gotten from Homefield is second to none. In fact, the hoodie with the Cavalier script across the chest is my go-to no matter what I'm doing. Homefield products are printed on high-quality garments with extreme comfort in mind. So don't miss this fall's hottest styles and the most sought-after apparel. Shop at Homefield today and wear one for the team. Homefieldapparel.com Use the promo code CAVS23 for 15% off your first order. Thanks to Homefield for their support of this show and all of CAVSCorner.com. All right, so on the let's let's switch over to the gridiron. Um, Tony Elliott just finishes up year two. Cavaliers were three and nine overall. What are they two and seven in the league? Um you know, a three and uh, six. Two and six, sorry. The, a disappointing I mean, I don't think you can describe it any other way, right? A disappointing um, definitely a disappointing close to the season. And clearly, as we've discussed, like that game leaves such a lasting impression um, for a variety of reasons, most notably because it's Virginia Tech, but also it's your last, you know, you, you winning, you went in knowing you were, you, you were three and eight and you weren't going to a bowl game. Um, and so you kind of have to hope, you know, that they'll figure out this and da, 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 da. And it, it not only was it not, they did not happen, but it wasn't even close. And 
I, I right or wrong or indifferent, like that does change the calculus for a lot of people in terms of how they look at the program. And at the same time, recruiting wise, like, yeah, this class that they just signed for 2024, if they're not going to, you know, win a bunch of awards for how great this class was. But if you look at the baseline of what they've already got, as we talked about before, for 2025, they got a four star and three solid threes. Um, and they've done a pretty nice job in the transfer portal, um, which, you know, doesn't it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense, especially considering, you know, that for a lot of fans, you know, they're if they if you asked fan some segments of the fan base, you know, state what's the state of the program, they would give you some probably pretty choice words, right? Um, and this is coming after a season when obviously we know the way everything ended last year. You know, it's it was a at times very emotional season. Um, at times because of you know Malik Washington and Anthony Calandria, like very impressive in some spots. Um, but also kind of disheartening in others and disconcerting. How would you sort of describe the overall sort of picture for stay of the program on the football side of things? Yeah, I mean, I would have to say uh, in the balance, you know, as far as I think the state of the program, the first thing you think of is who's the head coach and what's his position. Um, And right now, I mean, UVA seems committed to Tony Elliott for now. Um, Obviously, like with every other program in the country, that can change, you know, when the results don't go the way that they need to go and, you know, people start cutting checks for things. Um, but I mean, like, it's hard to come off a three and nine season to be like, things are going great. Like, you know, everything's right on track. Um, but with all that said, I think there are some things to be optimistic about with the team going into next year. Um, maybe more more optimistic than i was going into this year um as it should be i mean you can't put three straight three win seasons out there and think people are going to be happy with that um but yeah i mean like you look at the players on the uh, well the first thing i want to talk about is like they did a good job in the portal but they also kept their best guys out of the portal or at least have so far um and that's a huge boost for them because a lot of those players are really young players and you expect them to make a big leap you know, going into year two, year three, and so on. Um, they also got back some veteran guys that could have left. Um, you get Cam Butler back for a seventh year, um, three now at UVA. So clearly he's, you know, happy to be back again and um, doing his thing. But also, like, you know, you look at the guys on the roster that'll be back next year, assuming we don't have any significant departures between now and then. Um, Anthony Calandria's, you know, development was a huge plus. Cam Robinson's development was a huge plus. Um, the entire offensive line pretty much comes back. They have a lot of work to do, um, but that's you know a group that I think showed that they can they can hold their own against solid teams. They had some bad performances too, and and they might have to figure out if they need to add a guy or two for competition's sake. I mean, obviously they already added one, um, but perhaps you know they need to to take a look at like. How much competition do they need, or or do they feel good about what they have, um, you know? And then, and then you talk about the additions, um, and I really like what they did with the receivers and tight end rooms. Um, I think that's a, a huge boost, and there's a chance. Again, hear me out. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there's a chance that if your offensive line can improve and just be, you know, like serviceable and and not be a huge liability, um. And 
you have two capable quarterbacks. Let's assume that one of them wins the job and it's just the guy. Um, you have a good, you have a probably a pretty good quarterback with a good backup, regardless. Um, which is a situation. I mean, how many college programs are in that situation? Like, not even half, probably. Um, most teams are struggling to find a guy to just be like okay. Um, and I think Calandria can definitely be better than that. And and Musket was solid too. Um, if you can put those guys behind a better offensive line with the weapons they've brought in, you have to assume like two of those guys are going to be pretty good at least. Um, all of a sudden you might have a pretty dynamic passing game. Now, I don't know what you're going to get from the running game, but that, the, if they can pass like that, then they can be pretty good, I think, um, offensively or, or better maybe than they were last year. And then with the defense, you have a lot of younger guys that are getting older. And, and if they can, you know, take a leap forward and then maybe the two, you know, if you add more guys transfers that you can kind of supplement with, you might have a slight. And then obviously the big thing is turning these small losses. And there were so many of them into small wins. Um, and they're going to have opportunities to do that. Cause I think the schedule is kind of similar um, in terms of like the, the teams that they're going to play. So, I mean, if you can make those losses into wins, you know, maybe you can kind of get things going because I think they're they're proving that like they can go out in the transfer portal and get guys, especially guys from Virginia, to be interested in coming back and playing here. And and right. every all the recruits are saying the right things. And and we'll see. I mean, that doesn't mean they're going to translate to wins because even in Mike London's last year, people were like, "I'm bought in on this," and they're going to turn it around, and they didn't. Right. Um. So anybody thinking they know that it's going to get turned around, like I mean, they might have faith, but that's what it is. It's faith. Um, yeah. it's not knowledge, but yeah. you know, a pro state of the program, I would say is like, um, not meeting the, not meeting expectations, not meeting like the bar. Um, and this is kind of a, a show me year. Yeah. Um, I would agree with all that. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting, right? Because like I said before, you know, on the one hand, the on-field stuff, you know, offensively, they showed me enough this season to make me think, okay, Dez, Taylor Lamb, like, they've got a decent idea of what they're doing. You know, we we talked in the preseason, and I know I said this, you know, in various places. So like, I needed to see some sort of proof of concept. Like, what what they put out in 2022 was so not right. Like, it was just so not what they, what, what they should have put out there. And things were so disjointed that like I couldn't make heads or tails of it. So I'm really glad to see, at least offensively, that 2023 showed you, okay, this is what they want to do. Now you can quibble with you know calls here, there, and everywhere. You can quibble with decisions on stay or go, and, and we certainly did. But overall, I thought the offensive staff did a good enough job in 2023 of showing you, hey, this is what we want the offense to look like. And one, they found a, a quarterback of the future, a kid who clearly fits what they want to do. Um Who's what's funny is that like he has some really nice moments this past season as a freshman, and yet you 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 have to think his best football is in front of him. Um, so if you're if you're going to try to try to grade uh, across the board, the offense has to give you a lot of hope in terms of the state of the program. Defensively, I won't say that it, that the the degree the degree to which the offense has given me hope, the defense has taken it away. But the defense has definitely made caused me more concern than I would have expected going into the season. I thought Rosinski's 
group last year did a really nice job in a variety of different ways of sort of, um, you know, kind of making some chicken salad out of chicken. You know what? Um, they were just not able to do that this year, not with any consistency. They certainly had games and moments where they would, you know, sort of bend but don't break. But I just, like we've talked about before, I don't think bend but don't break can be a philosophy. I don't think that's an identity. Um, so I'm really curious to see what that group can do this year, especially considering that they return a lot of those same sort of pieces. Now, yes, I know they were really hit by the injury bugs. So I don't want to just gloss over that. But having said that, like that, that can't that can't be the reason why you're struggling as much as that defense struggled um, at times this season. And then we talk plenty about special teams, and, and you know. Frankly, I think they've got to take a very different approach. Um, I understand injuries to your starters meant the guys who were special teamers were now playing uh, from scrimmage, which means that you're either trying to work in some backups deeper down the roster into those special teams roles, or you're counting on other guys to play more across the board. I, I mean this with all love and, and due respect. I just don't care. I don't care. I, you, you yeah, can't be that be bad. It can't yeah. be that bad, right? I I don't want to pretend like I don't know some of these you know circumstances, but I genuinely just don't care. Like that that special teams unit was deplorable. Like you just cannot take points off the board um, or give points to the opposition on special teams. You know you just can't. And that you know that their approach that it needs a whole revamp. Um, so I would say that, like, for me, the, the overall, you know, where that all shakes out is, you know, somewhat negative, but potentially closer to the middle than some other folks might have it. My other thing though, and this is the thing that I don't know how to quantify, nor do I know how to really sort of wrap my arms around. Like, I don't think you can talk, like, I don't think you can have a conversation about sort of the state of a program without factoring in the sort of the, you know, the, for lack of a better description, the vibes, right? I just wonder, regardless, I mean, maybe maybe they come out this season, they have a great year. Um, let's say Calandra's a guy, he's just tossing the ball around the yard. Some of these receivers are having, you know, maybe they don't have Malik-like seasons, but they're having great years. They're either winning games or at least in the, you know, you can kind of see it coming to fruition, and maybe some of this will change. But the vibe among the fan base for Tony Elliott is still so hard to just ignore right that's i'm not saying that the folks who are who who are out on him are like right per se all i'm saying like it's hard not to ignore that like a significant portion of the fan base is has been concerned with your head coach from the jump right and nothing they've seen has dissuaded them if anything it has only sort of solidified some of those positions um and you know there's a there's there there's old saying that you know winning you know cures all i i don't know if winning would cure this per se but man i would some consistent winning sure would help right and i feel like that's the only thing that can help turn it around it's never it's not going to be you know an answer to a question in a post game or a presser it's not going to be you know continuing to get guys in the portal or recruiting or anything it's going to take nothing but consistent wins and on some level i get it right like on some level i'm just like yeah that that totally makes sense to me um, I will say that I'm, you know, I hear every once in a while you get these fans and they're like, oh, I'm, you know, I miss Bronco Minute Hall or, you know, oh, you know, we were, everything was great. Okay. First off, everything wasn't great. The, the, the roster that Tony inherited would imply as such. Right. Um, and you know, if we're going to be, we're going to call the spade a spade, the guys who went in the portal, a lot of them did that because of 
direction they were getting, right? Um, I, I don't want to gloss over, if we're having a kind of state of the, con- to the program sort of conversation, that state of the whatever, you can't, you can't ignore how people feel, right? We can talk about sort of the results and potentials and, you know, try to prognosticate and forecast, but the way people feel, I'm not saying that it's the majority of people, but it's a, at least a significant enough portion of the fan base that it's, it's, it's un, you, you can't ignore it. Right. Um, and I'm curious, to see, how does that piece of it, if it does, how does it fit in for you? I mean, I think like you're kind of in the situation you're in with that right now. I don't think there's a lot. I mean, we talk a lot about like they're tweeting more or whatever, like, that's nice, but I mean those are micro gains. Like they need the macro gains is what they need because it's not, you know, a few thousand people that aren't showing up. It's a lot of people that aren't showing up. Um you know, and I think the only way you do that is you have to win. You like, got to win. Yeah. And it, like I mean it's you you would hope that and and it's been the case at other places but not everywhere that you know, you kind of get the fans behind you to help you win. But right. in places like Virginia, I think you have to you have to put the you know the horse in front of the cart. So to right, speak. you've got to you got to do the winning before they do the believing. Right, and and it's you know, I mean, look at look at other programs. I mean, it's not the same, but like I yeah. I remember going to baseball games before they got good, and there was like nobody there. Yeah, um, and then and they it, then they started winning some games, and now it's like, you know, look at all the money they've invested in all that stuff. Yeah. And it, football is obviously very different. Um, but I mean, I think you've seen it other places and, you know, like you start kind of giving people, it's the same with the locker room. It's like, you tell, tell people like, we're going to do it this way and it's going to work. And then if they go out and do it that way and it works, they start to buy in and believe, and they start to be like, man, this guy might know what he's talking about. Right. Um, and then they're like, let's go do it again. I think fans are kind of in the same situation where it's like, you know, if you show me that this success that you told me you were going to have is going to happen, then maybe, you know, I'll, you know, be more invested in this, but right. Every, if they went out and beat Virginia tech, like in November, I think all those people that weren't bought in, I'm not saying they all of a sudden are like, you know, showing up for the Richmond game and they're so fired up because of this one win, but it's like, what are the, what are they really going to say? Like, right. you know, yeah. Give them no re- give make the make those people quiet basically like if they're not ever going to be bought in you just need those people to not have a lot to complain about. And speaking of Virginia Tech, like that's a good example of a group that on the one hand I think there were a lot of folks who hoped that the new their new staff would be what they want them to be, and they were really excited for a minute and then they I think they hit a little bit of a snag and there was some similarities between the two programs. But clearly, Tech put it back on track, at least from a you know a narrative sort of vibe standpoint. They were able to sort of get the thing pointing in the right direction, get the momentum they needed. And now I think, you know, with the team they've got coming back next year, I think especially coming off that bowl win, like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of excitement around that program um, that I think, frankly, a lot of Virginia fans are really resentful of, uh, and understandably so, right? They they look at their own situation and go, man. You know, why, why can't, what is that whole thing? Like, why can't these good things that are happening for other people also happen to me? Right. Um, but I, you know, to your point, it's like, um, the, the winning is the only thing that will cure it. Um, I, I just think that it's impossible to, 
to sort of talk about where things are and not be mindful of like there are people that like legitimately are just waiting for a potential coaching change down the road so they can get excited again. Um, yeah. And though, I mean, and, and those people, and then like, I mean, this is just how it goes, but like you might satisfy that group of fans, but then a different group of fans won't like the new coach and those people won't be bought in. Agreed. So it's like, you're always going to have this issue. I think at a place like UVA where it's not the, there, there is an inherent buy-in like at Nebraska. That's the example I always come up with because they sold out every game like when they were bad and, and it's always full and it's like, right. but that's ingrained in their culture. They don't like, they don't look at it like buy in like for to them. That doesn't mean not going. It's just being loud about their displeasure, but still going, you know, for UVA, it's like a different dynamic. Um, and we talked about this after the tech game. It's like, they're probably going to have to win in, in the darkness. Right. You know, before the light comes. Yeah. You know, so to Agreed. Speak. Well, I think overall what I would say for the state of the, the football program is uh, very TBD. Um, reasons reasons for optimism, some reasons for pessimism, um, and overall just an incomplete. Um, you know, I, 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 mean, don't, I they, don't think there's enough to say one way or the other. There isn't. And I, I think like, you know, I, I'm, 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 po- I'm optimistic about what I've seen them do since the season ended with the portal. Um and, you know, I think that they have some young guys to build around. It's just going to be how how does their depth work out, you know, because obviously injuries are a problem. Um, right. And, you know, can they do the little things a little better? Can they be a little bit more disciplined? Can can they are they going to continue to trend positively? Um, not to say like everything trended positively in 2023, but I think that team was better than the team before it. Um, yeah. And it's like, are they going to continue to grow and get a little better? Because I think a little better might be a, not just like one more win. It might be like three more wins because look at the margins that they lost by this year um, in so many games. And it's like you could easily, you know, if you get the right. I mean, part of what happened to Virginia Tech this year was that they got hot by playing crappy teams. And, right. And that that's not their fault. They didn't make the schedule. But like they kind of got a little bit of momentum going and then they kind of started to figure out who they were. Right. You know, and then, and then I, you know, you can't just be like, I was all the opponents cause they just went out and won their bowl game. But you know, they, they, they kind of took advantage of a favorable schedule and all of a sudden, you know, they're like, Hey, we're in a bowl game. Nobody cares how you got there. You know, <laughs> like if UVA goes out and beats like the four worst teams in the ACC next year, Richmond and coastal Carolina, like nobody's going to be like, Oh, well, yeah. they shouldn't go to a bowl game cause they didn't earn it. Right. Um, so look at Boston college. I mean, they, they, they kind of like crapped their way through the back half of the season and they ended up winning their game today. And, um, you know, now their fans probably feel a lot better going into the off season, even For if sure. their coach is still kind of in a tenuous situation. But I think like, I mean, this is just my opinion, but I think like if they have another year, like they've had the last two, then I think you have to consider making a change. Yeah. Um, you probably Especially, should make it. Yeah. Um, and but, it's one of those things I mean, too. It's, you you kind of have to wait and see, like not just like the results themselves, but like what, how the, how you get to the results, right? Um, are they losing games because like they're playing well, the other team plays well, and they and the and the other team wins? Are they or they like do they look like um, they're inept, right? Is there a backslide? Yeah, because like that Miami there? loss on the road, like I don't think we really, I don't remember us complaining about that game like at all, or, or Louisville. You know, it was kind of like all right. You know, they went out, they played a better team on the road. They played hard. They came up short. Like, it sucks that they lost, but 
on to the next one. Yeah. And that's definitely not the vibe we had after like the Georgia Tech game or like the Boston College game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for but sure. That's things definitely matter. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I think it's like, I don't want to say bowl game or bust, but I mean, it probably, if you're taking yourself seriously as a football program, especially right now where there's so much chaos going on around like realignment and who knows what's going to happen with this Florida State situation, you have to show people like, you know, you, you're not okay with being three and whatever right. no that's a good year. point let's uh I'll, I'll we'll we'll get out here on this i feel like you know if you're you look at the state of the the program on the basketball side you know lots of reason for optimism football there are reasons uh for optimism and at the end of the day like none of it matters if they aren't able to do something with it right so if the, if the basketball program goes into march and still isn't able to win football program can do all this great stuff in the portal or whatever um but if they're not able to do anything with it Results have shown us that there's reason to believe that they will. Um, just a question of sort of watching unfold. My quick thing on Broncos, like I really, I really hope we don't have to hear breathless, endless updates for what's happening in Albuquerque because no offense to them, and, and I wish all those guys well. I know a lot of those dudes personally. Um, really excited for them to get their coaching career started and take or take the next steps in those careers. I just really could not care less. Um, I just genuinely could not care less about whatever happens for them, for that program. And the degree to which Virginia folks and fans, media, whatever, look back at the Bronco years, continue to, to cover him. I don't care at all. Like that dude straight up quit on the program. End of sentence, period. Right. Um, you know, the, but I know he was trying to joke about the whole, like, you know, Oh, I missed it. The, the second it was gone. Um, and, but it's, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm in some ways, I'm really glad that Brendan Armstrong's career in NC state's over because the degree to which not again, if you wanted to pull for who you, you do you, that's totally, I'm not saying, you know, whatever I'm saying, like, I'm tired of hearing about dudes from, you know, yesteryear. Right. Um, you know, it's one thing if a guy, you know, Caden Shedrick starts tearing it up at Texas and then they play UVA or something. Yeah. I expect to hear about that, but like what some former coach does at, at New Mexico, I genuinely just don't care. Um, and the why don't we just do which, a resolution right now to not talk about it? Anymore. Well, no, no, I mean, but it's one of those things. It's <laughs> like I, you know, I feel like there's some folks in like the UVA media contingent who like just can't stop. They can't help themselves. And hey, man, look, more power to you. But like, I'm just like, no, I, I don't. Somebody asked me the other day, and I'm like, I don't. I could not. I just do not have an opinion other than to say like. I just am really tired of hearing about it. And I and I wonder, like, I feel like shouldn't I would feel like everybody should. Like we all should be like, you know what? Like the dude decided not to coach anymore. Like, let him go do his thing in you know, and in four or five years go do it somewhere else. Like, you know, like whatever. Again, I don't you know, I don't have any problem with folks who, you know, he's got a lot of UVA guys and those dudes got great opportunities and, and I wish them well. I also would like rather not hear about them until they're their next stop. But maybe that's just me. All right. I think we did the thing. I think that is a good way to finish out 2023. Put a bow on it. Put a pin in it. Um, look ahead to 2024. Dave will be back next week. We'll have plenty of basketball stuff to talk about. Um, Cavaliers will have played, I think, by that point, two games. Because we're probably waiting record next Thursday again. Um, since they play on Wednesday night uh, against Louisville. Lord help us if they lose both those games. I think I probably just like willed that into existence by um, 
that whole sentence structure. But we're going to redo that entire state of the program section. If we lose <laughs> both games. The the quickest uh, the quickest state of the pro or, you know year in review um, conversation ever. The second or the, the basically the first full week of the month. Um, but anyway, if you're somebody out there who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts. Uh, let's see, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever it is that you get your programs. And if you're so inclined to give us a rating or review, we would greatly appreciate it. If you haven't given us a look at the website yet, check us out at catscorner.com. Lots of folks talking about lots of the stuff we've been talking about. Um, heaven forbid UVA does lose in the next two games because that message board is not going to be happy. I want to thank all of you out there for supporting the show this year and every year. And, of course, I want to thank Farber for giving graciously his time. As always, I very much appreciate all that he and Dave do for the website. So, for Justin Farber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CatchCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. See you soon.